John chapter 21, look at verse 1. After these things, now after what things? So Jesus Christ has just been crucified. He's just risen from the dead, and He has appeared to the disciples. And look at verse uh, 30 of chapter 20. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of His disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through His name. Did you know that you can have life through the name of Jesus Christ? If you believe in Him and Him alone for your eternal life, you can have life. Now, if you believe that it has to be Jesus plus baptism, you can't have life. If you believe it has to be Jesus plus good works, you can't have life. If you believe it has to be Jesus plus a particular religion or Jesus plus a particular family or Jesus plus a particular citizenship, then you cannot have eternal life. But if you believe in Jesus Christ alone for eternal life, He will give you life and He'll give it to you more abundantly. Isn't that a blessing? And that's what the Gospel of John is about. Now, look at chapter 21. After these things, Jesus showed Himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and that's the Sea of Galilee, and on this wise showed He Himself. There were together Simon, Peter, and Thomas called Didymus, and Nathanael of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, that's James and John, and two other of His disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a-fishing. They say unto Him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. Any, any of you been there before? That night... They caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, is that interesting? But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find... They cast, therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter had heard it, had heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a, sh in a little ship, for they were not far from the land, but as it were two hundred cubits, dragging the net with the fishes. As soon then as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and a fish laid thereon and bread. Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land, full of great fishes, and hundred and fifty-three. For all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord? Then Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples. After that, he was risen from the dead. Lord, thank you so much for this text. Thank you for giving us this information. And Lord, I pray that this message today is a help to people and that we understand that you have a purpose for us and that you've not given up on us and you love us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Now, I think that all of us would say that since the time that 
We made a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. And how many of you would say, I know for sure that if I died today, I'd go to heaven? How many of you know for sure that you're saved? You know for sure. If you don't know, the best thing that you could ever do is get saved. The best thing that you could ever do is find the life and the joy and the peace, the forgiveness that comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. And when the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in you, everything changes. Your life changes. And God can make all things new. But I think that all of us, I got saved, you know, I made a profession of faith when I was around six years old. And when I was 15, I was at a youth camp. It was actually a winter camp, a ski camp. And we had a preacher, and I don't remember what he preached on. But after the service, young people were giving their testimonies about what God was doing in their lives. And I remember sitting there thinking, I don't have any of this going on in my life. And so that night, I got it settled, and I asked Jesus Christ to save me. And so that was when I was 15. That was 1978. And ever since then, I've had a desire to serve the Lord and to live for Him. But I know that there have been times in there when I disappointed Him. Or I thought I did. Did you know that you can't disappoint Jesus Christ? How many of you have felt like you have disappointed Jesus Christ at some point in your life? It's interesting. Let, let your pastor correct you. You're wrong. Do you know, that to, you know what disappointment is? It's unfulfilled expectations. Jesus knows everything. Jesus, Jesus knows everything about you. He knows everything you have ever done and everything you will ever do. It is impossible for Jesus Christ to be disappointed in you. There's nothing you can ever do to make Him love you more. There's nothing you can ever do to make Him love you less. There is nothing you can do to disappoint Him. He loves you just exactly the way you are. That's hard to believe, isn't it? Now, even for those of us, most of the people in the room raise their hands that they're saved. And yet, even, even for us who know who Jesus Christ is, we still believe that we disappoint Him. And I want you to think about something. The Apostle Peter, the, the brave and the strong man. This, there's, there's almost a thousand pounds of fish. And Peter's the one dragging it in from the water. Peter was a big, strong brave man. And he said to the Savior, I'll never deny you. I'll never deny you. I'm willing to die for you. And he proved that. He drew the sword and he's willing to fight an entire army of people for Jesus Christ. And when Jesus said, no, my kingdom's not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight. Put your sword down. And now Jesus Christ is being beaten and crucified. And as he's going to trial before his crucifixion, Jesus told Peter, Peter, before the cock crows, you'll deny me thrice. And can you imagine what, how Peter felt after that third denial? And the Bible says Jesus looked up and looked straight at him. Peter had said he'd give his life. And when we're not going to take the time to go there, but all the way back in Luke chapter 5, when Jesus Christ met Peter and James and John, when they were, they were partners in a fishing business, and he meets him, and they leave everything. They left their entire business and followed Jesus Christ with a desire to serve him and follow him and be his disciples. They made a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ to be his servants. Can you imagine what Peter felt like at that moment? Can you imagine? I want us to learn a few things from this account with Peter that I think will help us. Number one, Peter, like Peter, when Christians become disillusioned either by their own failures 
or unfulfilled expectations, they often go back to what they were doing before they met Jesus. Look at verse 3. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a-fishing. I go a-fishing. Now, I've heard preachers preach about this, and they make it sound like, I don't know, he was doing something, the worst thing in the world. There are a couple of things. Number one, maybe they were hungry. They needed fish. Maybe he's so distraught he needed to do something physical. You ever been there? You just needed to go do something. Jesus had told them, I'm going to meet you in Galilee, and they're, they're in Galilee. Remember, they met, he met them on the day of his resurrection, and then he met them the next Sunday a week later. Well, now it's probably two weeks later. They're, they don't know what Jesus Christ is doing. He said, go to Galilee, and they're waiting for him. And Peter said, I go fishing. But you know what happens to people when they have a heart to serve the Lord? They give themselves to the Lord. And I'm not talking about you become a preacher. I'm saying that you get tied into a ministry like Grace Baptist Church, and you say, I'm going to serve the Lord, and then you get disillusioned. You get a little bit sideways. Maybe somebody makes you mad, or maybe somebody didn't recognize you for your service, or maybe you're just away from the Lord, and you're, you've gotten away from praying and living. Maybe you're disappointed about something. Maybe it's a physical issue or an emotional issue like Kelsey was talking about. For whatever reason, you step away from serving God, and you end up back doing the same things that you were doing before. And not necessarily even bad things. Fishing's not a bad thing. Anybody here like to fish? If you like to fish, raise your hand. I've been fishing, I think, twice. But I like it. I would like to do it. I know Dalt would say the first thing I need to do is not say fishing. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. Now, let me ask you this. Is it wrong to stop going to church and go fishing? Is that wrong? Yes. Now, I might have to preach an entire message if I don't get a better response than that. Is it wrong to stop going to church to go fishing? Yes. yes. Hallelujah. Threats still work. Now, it's really interesting. Like Peter, many of us, when we get disillusioned, we go back to what we were doing before we decided to follow Christ. The problem is the old life can never be fulfilling nor fruitful once we've met Jesus and found the true purpose for our existence. Let me say that again. The problem is the old life can never be fulfilling nor fruitful once we have met Jesus and found the true purpose for our existence. All of a sudden, we go back to something that used to give us great joy and great pleasure, but now we're away from the Lord and we go back and it's like it's in black and white. There's no life to it. There's no joy. There's no pleasure. And now the things that once brought joy and fulfillment, because we're away from the Lord and we know that only Christ can animate our lives. Think of what the Bible says. And ye hath he quickened, made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. So the things that I was doing before I started serving the Lord, and they brought fulfillment. Now that I know who Jesus Christ is, I go back to those and they no longer bring fulfillment. That's what Peter experienced. He's out trying to fish. These are commercial fishermen. They know what they're doing and they can't catch anything. Second, Peter, even though he had failed famously, still had influence over others. He said, I go fishing. They said, we're going to go with you. Isn't that interesting? So when he said, I go fishing, they came along with him. We need to understand, we can lead people into ministry or out of it. So let me, let me give you some advice. If you know someone who was serving the Lord and they're not serving the Lord now, please don't take advice from them. 
Amen? And I've got to tell you, I have seen people, and you watch them. You watch them. Now, all of you people sitting towards the back of the church, I want you to really listen to this. People start at the front, and they start working their way back. And next thing you know, they're only here on Sunday morning. And then it's every other Sunday. And then they're gone. And the next thing you know, they're divorced, or they're living with someone, and they're, they're living a life that is so far from what they know is true. So everyone at the back of the auditorium. No, I'm kidding. If you start at the back, then maybe when you're getting mad, you start moving toward the front. I'm not, I'm not sure how that works. But you, do you all know, how many of you understand what I'm saying on this? And th they just get a little sideways. Some little thing, they've lost their joy. And I'll tell you the thing that, that just breaks my heart because so many of us, so many of, of our church family, how many of you have family members that are lost? Would you raise your hands? You have family members that are lost. So here's what happens. You get saved, you get excited for God, you start serving the Lord, and you really have a desire to reach your family, and then you get mad about having to be in the nursery or whatever it is. And that gets in your craw, and you start going away from the Lord. Now, who's going to reach your family? Who's going to reach them? That's disillusionment. It doesn't have to be something big. It doesn't have to be adultery or pornography. It could be you're just angry about something or you're bitter about something or you don't want to take the next step that God has for you. Whatever it is, now you start talking to other people. And those people hear you and you have influence on them. You have influence on them. And Peter led the others into the fishing boats. And again, whether or not that was a bad thing, they were going back to what they had been doing before they were following Jesus. Third, Jesus asks, I love this, children, you see it at the end of verse, verse 5, Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? Have ye any meat? Jesus comes to them in their time of disillusionment and listen to what he asks them. Are you fruitful? Are you fulfilled? This thing that you used to do that you used to be so good at, how are you doing at that now? And when we get away from the Lord and all of a sudden there's no joy in our lives, even, now listen, you can be involved in ministry. You can be working with children in Awana. You can be working in the nursery, singing in the choir, teaching a Sunday school class. You can be discipling someone, or you could be being discipled, or you could have signed up for discipleship and said, yes, I want to follow you, and then you start running away from your disciple every time they call you. Hey, can we get together this week? Oh, I don't know. Can we get together this week? Oh, I don't know. Can we get together this week? You know, I'm really busy. Can we get together? Do you really want a disciple? Oh, yeah, I really do. I want to follow Jesus. And so you get at that point in your life, it's almost like owing somebody money. Have you ever borrowed money from somebody and you didn't have to give it back to them? And every time you see them, you walk in, oh, there he is. Oh. <laughs> have you ever experienced that? It's so interesting. That is the feeling that we get even when we're in ministry, when we've lost our relationship with the Lord, not our identity in Him, you can't lose your salvation. Isn't that wonderful? But we lose our relationship. It's like being in a marriage. So I'm married to Laura, living in the same house with her, and I stop talking to her. 
And so we're in the house, we're married, we really do love each other, but something has happened, the lines of communication are broken, and it doesn't feel right. You know what I'm talking about? Then you don't look forward to going home. Cooking doesn't taste as good as it used to. All of those things that come. Do you all know what I'm talking about? That can happen in our Christian walk. And Jesus comes to us like He comes to the disciples. Children, have you any meat? Are you fruitful? Are you fulfilled in what you're doing? Are you receiving the joy and fulfillment and satisfaction and feeling of purpose that you used to? Where is that? Isn't Jesus Christ wonderful the way He comes to us? Once a person has experienced the blessing of profitable ministry, nothing else is as satisfying And the answer of the men, real long explanation, wives, great communicators, right? No. That's their answer. That's it. Fourth, Jesus reminds them of the fruitful times. Jesus reminds them of the fruitful times. No, we've not caught anything. And this is how he met them. This is how he met them. All the way back in Luke chapter 5, this is what he did. Cast the net on the other side. They do it, and now it's full of fish. See, Jesus had taught Peter a lesson all the way back then. Life is more fruitful with Jesus than without Him. Is that true? Life is more fruitful with Jesus than without Him. Whether you're a fisherman, an engineer, a school teacher, a factory worker, a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant, whatever it is you do, a police officer, a firefighter, whatever it is that you do, a student, life is more fruitful with Jesus Christ than without Him. Is that true? So why do we walk away from Him? Why do we turn away from Him? He can take our so-called expertise and empower us to heights we never imagined. Jesus can take our ability and our talent and take it so much farther than we could ever go. Because where did the ability and talent come from? He gave it to us. So he knows best how to use it. So whatever it is that you think you're good at, and and that, that sounds disparaging, whatever it is that you are good at, Jesus Christ gave that to you, and if you'll give it to him, he won't take it away from you. You know, I I enjoy speaking, and so if I decide to give it to God, he's going to take it away from me. Where did that kind of thinking come from? That's insane. He gave you your voice. He gave you your artistic ability. He gave you your music. He gave you your organization skills. He gave you your mercy. He gave you your leadership. He gave you all of that to use for Him. And imagine that talent filled with the Holy Spirit following the purpose that God has for you. You're going to do better at Honda. You're going to do better at Emerson. You're going to do better at whatever it is that you do. You're going to do better with that when it is empowered by the Holy Spirit. Do you all agree with that? Amen. Jesus said, Cast the net on the right side and ye shall find. Fifth, John, the perceptive one, recognizes Jesus in the simple command. And he said, It is the Lord. How wonderful it is when we are disillusioned to have a brother who loves and is loved by Jesus point us back to the Savior. How many of you know somebody that's a little sideways with the Lord? How many of you know somebody that's like that? Point them back to the Lord. Point them to the Lord. 
You know, all of your earthly and worldly wisdom will not help them. They need godly wisdom. So, if you come to me, like when Dalton called about Kelsey, I'm not going to send them to the world. I'm going to send them to a person who loves Jesus, who also has the physical and emotional training to help the person. Isn't that wonderful to have somebody like Dr. Angwin who loves the Lord? Dr. Angwin is an interesting man. He pastored a very large church, several thousand people. He was on, he debated Madeline Murray O'Hare on NBC television. Some of you probably watched it. He was an amazing, amazing man, and he had a nervous breakdown. He had everything. He was a test pilot for um, Cessna. He's an amazing man. And he wanted to know, what's wrong with me? Why did I do this? And with all of his ability as a pastor, now having personally experienced emotional tragedy, emotional trouble, he went and got trained for that, and now God is using him to help preachers, to help people in ministry, to help Christians all over. Isn't that exciting? What is that? That's an ability that God gave, infused with the Holy Spirit, being used to change lives. We spent last week looking at education. You teachers, you're amazingly gifted. Now take that ability and allow the Holy Spirit of God to fill it and say, God, use me in this class today. Lord, use me to influence these children. All of you, when you go to work, say, God, use me to influence the people around me. Help me to represent you well. And then when you get a little sideways, to have a brother or sister in Christ to come and say, hey, wait a minute, I can tell something's going on. Look at Jesus. What does Jesus Christ want you to do? Where are you with the Lord? I want you to know I love you and I'm praying for you. Come back with me. Come back with me. That's who John was for Peter. Then Peter, I wish I could spend some more time on him. What a character. He's out there. He's got his shirt off. He sees Jesus and he wants to get dressed again. He He puts his coat on and jumps in the water. Do you know what that means? It is possible to swim with clothes on. It's interesting, isn't it? I'm afraid to let you all know there's water in the baptistry. You might get undressed. Anyway, different sermon. <laughs> then six, Jesus blesses us even when we do not deserve it. 153 fish. 153 fish. And they were great fish. They weren't little ones. Great fish. 153 of them. Now, let me tell you what that means. I have no idea. But it's a lot for one time fishing. I've been told. Then seventh, Jesus says, come and dine. When we come back to Jesus, he feeds us. That hunger, that unfruitfulness, that that emptiness, Jesus Christ fills us again. How many of you have ever experienced a time in your life when you knew that Jesus Christ was helping you and feeding you and and you knew that spiritually something was going on? Would you raise your hands? You knew that that God was doing something special in your life. I'm not going to have you raise your hand now. Are you still full, or do you need Him to fill you again? Where are you? Do you know what Jesus says to you? Come and dine. Come and dine. I want to feed you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, You are so good to us, and we don't deserve it.